And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up on this hour on today's experience. Even though it's Expository Thursday, we're not going to be doing Expository Thursday. I love jumping into the book of Acts, and I love trying to understand the things the Lord requires of us and apply his timeless truths to our lives, but I have this sense the Holy Spirit is saying, go this way, young man, and so we will do our best to do that very thing. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Lord and how he is our advocate and how often we forget that Jesus defends us and stands by us. The other thing that we're going to discuss is the reality of some of the trial and troubles that we go through and how we do often feel like the Lord seems to be visiting planet Pluto. And then the third thing we're going to cover is... The grace of God, which is sufficient for us, even though we think he should still help out by dropping a couple extra zeros in the bank. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavily talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. And what's really important about that is that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Surviving, living, and prevailing. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanity is annoying so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, we still want you to be engaged with the show. We don't know where the show's going. We don't care. Just jump along with us. It's We're all in fellowship. What is fellowship? It is fellows in a ship. We are all in the same boat. Let's do it together. If you want to reach out to us, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. You can also text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Don't call that number. You can text that number. 214-210-8483. You can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, actually, you'll get to talk to Amazing Jen. Amazing! And what's so fantastic about that is it's like getting your own starship, and you're the captain, and then you will be... All right, so here's the deal. You might have an opinion, a thought, a comment, a question, okay? You might have a prayer request, and you just want people to join with you in prayer, to to cuddle together and combine faith. 
You might want to have this opportunity just to share, hey, God has been gracious and good to me in this one realm. I just want to share it and acknowledge him. You may have any of those things going on, and we want you to be able to engage with us. You have to remember it's not professional radio. So if you call the show, you don't have to sound perfect. You don't have to be perfect. We have destroyed that theory for three years and running. We're not even close, and we don't care that much. So the bottom line is it ain't professional radio. It's just radio. It's a little bit of a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family with maybe a little bit edge to Steve Martin. (laughs) That's all I'd say. Bottom line to all of this, we want you to be able to engage. We want you to have fellowship, not a kvetch fest, not a place to complain. Everybody's complaining. Do you know when Israel complained, God started to burn the ends of the camp up. So that's a bad idea. But we also want you to be able to answer Bible trivia. What? Who, and you should all know this, who said this to Mo, to our very good Mo, who said this, is the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not what I say will come true for you. Who said this to Moses, reassuring him about the promises of food in the desert? Who said that? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then as well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Quick reminder, uh, i got to tell you this story in a second, but quick reminder, which what we're going to do is we are going to be praying for Ukraine. So let's do that real quickly. We come before you, Father. We lift up the situation in Ukraine. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you. We acknowledge you that you are the king of the universe and nothing takes place without you. And we are asking you to slam down the gavel Bring it to a close, this frustration, this foolishness, this sinfulness, and bring peace, bring peace in the name of Jesus to this situation that the world may know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, that's praying for Ukraine. We'll go back over the trivia question. Remember I said in the beginning of this show, we are going to forego our acts exposition and go a different direction today. But answer this trivia question if you can. Who said, is the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not what I say will come true for you. Who said this to Mo? That's the question. Our number, 972-445-0770. Text 214-210-8483. And then don't forget David at he must increase. Dot org. I will remind you to be in prayer for Noel and I as we are taking tomorrow off, and there will be a replay tomorrow. Here's the bottom line. Have you ever gone through the process of being a Christian? And most of you will say yes. And in that process, you get the sense or the feeling that you are all alone, that you have that sense that There's nobody that's with you in this process, and somebody needs to back you up, and somebody needs to stand by you. There is right there the moment where your faith is being tested. Remember how God tested Abraham? 
And remember what the scripture says about God testing. Remember how many times Jesus tested the disciples? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Do you follow the Lord? You have tests too. Okay, I know. I don't like school. Listen, I'm trying to finish it. <laughs> I don't like it. But you still have tests. Okay? And in that test, there comes this moment where you have to make a decision. So listen to what I'm going to say. You have to decide between your feelings and the truth. Your feelings will say, I'm all alone. Nobody is going to help me. Nothing is going to change. I'm frustrated. I'm afraid. I feel like everything is just swallowing me whole. That's how your feelings talk. Nobody's telling you not to have feelings. Nobody. But you have to choose between that line of reasoning and the line of reasoning where Scripture says, the Lord makes the commitment, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be the, where the Lord says, being confident of this one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ. When Jesus makes the commitment, when it's reiterated in Deuteronomy 31, uh, 6 and Hebrews 13, 5, in Joshua 10, where God says to Joshua, I'm with you. And he was with him so much that he was that, that at Joshua's request, the sun and the moon stood still. God stopped, by the way, the universe rotation for a brief period just in request and response to Joshua. And, and it says in the scripture, nobody has ever had a prayer. A, it says no human being has ever had a prayer answered that way ever again. That's a fascinating element. And what we need to decide is when God makes his proclamation of truth, are we going to choose to follow our feelings path or the truth path? So I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's pertinent because it counts. If I go to Taco Bell and I eat 15 tacos and 26 burritos and 37 chalupas and then also have 16 Mountain Dews, how do I feel? Do I feel the love of God? No. I don't feel the love of God. I feel like I want to die. <laughs> okay, But that doesn't change the truth. That the love of God is consistent and persistent. So right there, it tells us from a tactical point of view as Christians, which side I'm going to choose. It's the Joshua line. Choose who you're going to serve this day. If it's Baal, follow him. If it's the Lord, follow him. So I'm doing that same thing, but with truth and with feelings. Who are you going to follow? Your feelings or God's declarations? Make your choice. The answer, by the way, to the trivia question is who said... Is the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether what I say will come true for you. The Lord, the Lord said, is the Lord's arm too short? I will now show you. That's who said that. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't go anywhere.
Job. I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody look at I know that the teachings in the church and being a a, a, a Baptist Somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's, who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just, when you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on, that's because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is. God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers. Good believers. Great believers. Fantastic believers. Lousy believers. Believers. And everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't. First of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, eh, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that. People did that. And so the idea to understand is sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him, and Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where for those of you who are just joining us, we normally would be teaching the book of Acts at this time, but not today. We're going a different direction. Here is your trivia question. Was it the chief priests or the disciples who asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Was it the chief priests or the disciples? So you got one out of two here. Who, who asked him, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us. You can call 972 
445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then additionally, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I will say that Al struck first, gave the answer before anybody else. Ding, ding. We always, we always acknowledge that because there's always this little mini race. Who can get there first? Uh, Okie dokie artichokey. Let's get to uh, our most important part of the show. You know what that is? The jokes. That's right. (laughs) You were correct. (laughs) People are like, well, that's not the most important. Well, it might not be the most important part to you, but it's certainly the most important part to me. Here we go. Ready? This is a classic. It's a little longer, so just hang in there. Okay. There were two evil brothers. They were rich and used their money to keep their evil ways from the public eye. They even attended the same church and appeared to be perfect Christians. Then their pastor retired and a new one was hired. And not only could the new pastor see right through the brother's deception, but he also spoke well and true. And the church membership grew and grew. There was a fundraising campaign that was started to build a new assembly because he proclaimed the truth. All of a sudden, one of the bad brothers died. The remaining brother sought out the new pastor the day before the funeral and handed him a check for the amount to finish paying for the new building. I have only one condition, he said. At the funeral, you must say my brother was a saint. The pastor gave his word and deposited the check. The next day at the funeral, the pastor did not hold back. He was an evil man, he said. He cheated on his wife and he abused his family. After going on like this for a long time, he finally concluded, but compared to his brother, he was a saint. Because <laughs> his brother and him were so bad. Okay, okay. Come on, people. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we're kind of going off script today, as you uh, might have figured out, and we're just having a good time. However, we still have our trivia plus things I want to talk about. Here is the trivia question. Was it the chief priests or the disciples who asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? If you want to call in, you can do that at... 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I want to talk to you uh, about a story about this guy named Jehoshaphat. I don't know if you guys know about Jehoshaphat or not, but Jehoshaphat was a king. He was a king for uh, Israel. He was a great king, but he ran into a situation where he didn't know how he was going to overcome the circumstance. He ran against an army that far exceeded his capacity to fight, and he knew it. This, by the way, is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And he gets to the point where there's just nothing that he can do. And so here's what he says. He's praying to the Lord. He says, 
He says, we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. Now see the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have to come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. What a passage. Jehoshaphat's a king. He knows what warfare is. He knows what the odds are. He's not unaware of what's taking place, but he's got multiple armies and multiple people he's facing, and he's powerless. Do you ever feel powerless in a situation? Do you ever feel like it's beyond your scope? We were talking with Samson about that earlier. Talked about that in the last segment. Do you ever feel like this is just, it's more than its more than me? It's more than me. You're not the only person to feel that way. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that our trials have a similarity to them. And there comes this point where all you can do is stop and look up to the Lord. Now, you have a choice. We brought, talked about this in the last segment. You can choose to follow your feelings, or you can choose to follow the truth. I want you to see what Jehoshaphat said, and just look at that from our situation, how, how applicable this is. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't even know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. There are times in the Christian walk where you you just don't know what to, I don't know what to do. It's beyond me. For those that are thinking, well, gosh, that never happened to Jesus, just so you can understand the identity of the moment, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was like, I would love this not to have to happen, but I surrender so that the plan of righteousness can be fulfilled. I yield. And there comes a point where you having to yield and you're powerless in the situation has a connection between Jesus and you, where when you go through that, you're going through just a smidge of what he's going through or what he went through, because usually ours involves relationship or finances. I mean, usually it's along those lines. And so what I'm trying to encourage you to do is exactly the response that Jehoshaphat took. I can't do anything. It's beyond me. You know that uh, wonderful teaching that people teach that is wrong, that says, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. Absolutely false. It says God will never let you be tempted without a way of escape, but that's not he won't give you more than you can handle. That has nothing to do with that. When God puts you in a situation, sometimes it is exactly more than you can handle so that you will say, only you could deliver me from this circumstance. Do you see that? Sometimes the Lord allows things to heap up so only he can be the answer. That's when you and I say, it would take a miracle to get out of this. Exactly. 
How about the children of Israel standing at the banks of the Red Sea? And then the, the army of Egypt is coming against them. Israel wasn't exactly the old fighting machine. <laughs> they weren't like exactly in shape, right? Between the army of Egypt and a, and, a, and a raging sea, they were stuck. Oh, there was nothing they could, except when there was nothing left to do, they just moved forward, stepped towards the water as God commanded, and the water stood up. Well, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, see, that's the cool part. That's not supposed to happen. Well, that defies the laws of physics. Yep, sure does. But it certainly shows you the engagement and the gracefulness and the commitment and the love and the miraculous power that comes from an almighty God. And how many circumstances have you been in and have I been in where the Lord has delivered us and we've gone, oh, wow, amazing God, you are amazing. Can't believe that happened that way. God will deliver you yet again. And I know in your hearts you think, yeah, I know, but I seem like I go through these trials all the time. Well, guess what? God has a reason for allowing things that take place. You think, well, no, God's not doing this. Are you going to tell me that God is not in control? He doesn't sit at the center of the universe? Are you going to tell me that mankind is in charge? Well, the devil's running the world. The devil has been God's flunky since the beginning, and that will never change until God drops him in the river that he will never escape, so to speak. It's just like, God is in charge, right? He's large and in charge. (laughs) So just look towards the Lord. It's amazing, Isaiah 26.3, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind and whose eyes are stayed upon upon him. And here Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. So I'm going to look to you. Help me. There's some of you out there, you got to do that more. Instead of, I'm going to do everything I can, why don't you just yield it before the Lord? Watch God be God. He's really good at it. It's kind of amazing, huh? All right. Uh, In regards to the question, was it the chief priests or the disciples who asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That would be the disciples. They asked. (laughs) But that's because they wanted power. They didn't understand that it's servant leadership. But they would learn. Absolutely. All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, 
or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do you know how you keep going? Do you know how you keep putting one foot in front of the other? Do you know how you don't give up? Do you know how you don't quit even though you want to quit? You fix your eyes on Jesus. You see with God. When Peter went out of that boat and stepped on that water, there is no natural principle in the world, in in, in any normal universe, that would allow Peter to walk on water. But he did one thing well. He looked at Jesus. And as he was looking at Jesus, the Bible says he walked on the water. He looked at his situation just focusing at Jesus. Then he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he saw the winds and the waves, and he sank. He lost the correct attitude when he stopped seeing with Jesus in the picture. Whatever you see, whatever you face, whatever you encounter, do not see it or face it in the natural. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So everything you see, you must insert the picture of Jesus. The David Spoon Experience. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where this show has gone a very different direction. But here's something I'll tell you. Two of the teachings, and then we've had two fills after each of the teachings, and both of them line up exactly with what was being taught. And Jennifer did that. You did that on your own, right? You just put those fills in whenever? Like, yeah, I did this morning. So you no idea, not a clue, and it's just like somebody out there needs to listen. <laughs> that's, my, that's my strongest encouragement. I need to listen to it, but there's somebody out there that really needs to listen, okay? God is trying to – he's like knocking on your head going, open up, open up. I got something I'm trying to share with you. So somebody needs to listen, listen, listen. All right, let's get uh, to our next – Trivia question, if you guys are ready. Who asked Philip in the book of Acts, why shouldn't I be baptized? Who asked Philip in the book of Acts? Okay, this is the book of Acts. Who asked Philip? So you have Philip, book of Acts. Who asked Philip, uh, why shouldn't I be baptized? Who was that? If you think you know, you can reach out to us, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can send an 
email david at he must increase.org. And then I'm going to send you to the website. Uh, there's many things that I want to tell you about the website, uh, very important things, but I'll leave it here. Uh, we need financial assistance to keep the show going, and that's the end of that. At the end of the year, you'll get a receipt. You won't get a button. You won't get a horn. Although I like the idea of a kazoo. I got to say, <laughs> like those little kazoo things. Those are cute. But anyway, go there. There's for a place for praise reports, prayer requests, and a place to give. And if you decide you want to give but you don't want to use that system, get it. reach out to me. Send me an email. Send me a text, and we'll coordinate something. That's what we do with about seven, six or seven people. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. much better that is. Were you happy with that one? Yes, okay. I am. I like that one a lot. All right. Uh, so Philip was on route and he came across somebody. Okay. He came across somebody. Uh, this person was an important person and uh, Philip shared the gospel and then that person asked, why shouldn't I be baptized? Who was that who asked uh, that question? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And as well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Somebody is calling in, so we will let them call in, give them a chance to answer the question. And then we'll do our history, and then we'll get into the next unknown area that we're going in. For those that are thinking this has been a scripted show, I can assure you this has not been a scripted show. But that's okay, because we want to do our best to be sensitive to the Lord and whatever he wants to do. All right, uh, person ready to answer a trivia question? And here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Fred. I'm sorry. Um, I do have to answer to your question, but I want to— Encourage my African American brothers and sisters to listen in to you, man. You are awesome. I love you. Great ministry. Um, the answer to your question is the Ethiopian unit. That is correct. You are right. The Ethiopian unit. Now, here's something. I love this one teaching, and and it's it's not like a hard teaching, but it's a fascinating teaching. And that is when Philip went up to the to the eunuch. He, it, the scripture says he started with the passage he was at because the guy was saying, you know, is this talking about the Messiah? Is this talking about somebody else? And I've always – there's a teaching out there that says you start where the people are at. In other words, you find out where they're at and go from there and talk to them. I've always liked that because that's the way – a great way to witness is where are they at, find out what's going on, then tell them what the truth is, tell them what the answers are. I just love that kind of concept. But thank you so much for for being yes, kind yes, and thank you. Yes. You're awesome. Keep going doing what you're doing. And, man, I enjoy every time you come out. Yeah, amen. Love it, man. God bless God you, bless brother. You. All right, take All right, care. Bye-bye. Bye. Love it. Love it. Okay, we ready? Uh, we got a little bit of history. You ready to rock and roll on history? Here comes our history music. Let's go, let's go.
right, today, uh, there's a couple weird things today. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, weird things. No housework day. That's every day for me. I was going to say, that's no day for me because no I worked so many hours. I have to help her. I mean, she, I mean, she worked, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many hours they were. It's terrible. So I, you know, people say, well, does that make you feel like less than a man? No, it makes me feel like Jesus. That's what it's supposed to do. I serve. Uh, cough, National Coffee Cake Day. Like that? Mm-hmm. I like coffee cake's good. Uh, National Walking Day, as opposed to what? Jumping? I guess. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Metric System Day, and I say no to that. We don't like, I don't like the metric system. Do you like the metric system? It's like, what is that? You know, everything's to the 10. Okay, got it. Uh, that's not important. That's not important. First U.S. long distance demonstration of television took place today. Wait, wait, wait. In 1927. Wow. From Washington, D.C. to New York, about a distance of about 200 miles. This first time it ever took place. And then uh, last but not least, 2001, the Mars Odyssey is launched. That was uh, the Odyssey. It uh, turns out my brother-in-law was the one of the people that wrote the program for the rover program. Uh, and uh, so he's, uh, he's, you know, they go, what are you, a rocket scientist? Yes. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> He's been with JPL for when when JPL was you know JP uh, before L. <laughs> it's just been that long. That's a, that's a while. Okay, he's been there a long time. Anyway, he's the one that said uh, the moon is it's twenty three and a half degrees away from the Earth, and uh, it's like well, how's it keep that rotation? And he goes, well, it could be a lot of things, but he thinks it's three three mice chasing uh, cheese in a wheel. I always thought that was good. <laughs> That's the level of intellect we have around our house. <laughs> Three mice chasing a piece of cheese. All right, I want to go back to this, and I want to stay on this. And what's ironic is we're actually going to go back to an earlier, not an earlier uh, teaching, but earlier text to continue for what we're doing. So remember when I said, my little children, I'm. this is in the very first third, which we call the first half, which is the beginning of the show. said, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin. And we spent a little bit talking about... Uh, understanding you don't have to sin. But here's what the next part of the verse says, and I want you to get this. This is the most important part. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So I want to I wanna put to bed a couple of myths that are existing in Christian minds. And if you don't, if it doesn't bother you, I hope you listen to this. What happens for a lot of Christians, and this happens a ton of times, and we, this is why the gospel needs to be repeated and repeated and repeated. And if you're one of those people that says, well, it's the gospel, it's old, you just do not understand the power of the gospel. That's my response to you. Because what happens is you become a Christian, and then there's this point where you say, oh, my goodness, my burdens are lifted, my sins are forgiven, I am free. And then as you go on in your Christianity, you start to think about yourself in different terms as though God is now counting your sins against you differently than he did before. Before, that was all pre-Christ sins, and now all the sins are post-Christ sins. That is absolutely false. Just can't say it any other way. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for all sins. 
Does that mean that every single person will be saved? Nope. You got to acknowledge. You got to surrender. You got to yield. You got to repent. You got to say yes. You got to say Lord. You got to say Savior. All the things that people try and drop in those formulas, none of them is only exclusive right. They're all right in their own way. As long as a person makes that move towards God, yields toward God, surrenders, repents, asks for forgiveness, asks for grace, however that process is, as long as they're doing that, that's fine. But if a person rebels against God, the applicable blood of Jesus Christ will not be used for them because they have rejected the testimony of God, okay? But you who have said yes and amen, and I believe God didn't save you up to the point of you saying yes. He saved you way past that point, knowing every single sin you would commit. You know, you don't know what sin you're going to commit in two weeks from now, but God does, and he chose you anyway. So instead of creating a separate list, my sins before Christ, my sins after Christ, all of those sins are at the cross of Jesus Christ, period. The only differential is that God is making you reflect Jesus Christ more and more and more as the process moves forward. That's what I want you to get. You're not less loved or less forgiven because God loves perfectly and forgives perfectly. You're not worse off now than when you first said yes. Okay? It's just a lie. Don't believe it. All right, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. Let me give you an update on Easton Scott. A lot of tough stuff that my daughter and my son-in-law have been going through. Uh, I did send an email out. I don't know if, Julie, if you got the email or not. I did. send it out to everybody. So he was going through 20 and 30 seizures per episode, and they've got that down to a dramatically less amount. But the sad news is that from a medical point of view— uh, Easton does not, it does not appear as, according to the doctors, that he will be able to speak or will be able to care for himself. Oh. And so what the result of that is, is that Julianne and Jared, my son-in-law and my daughter, have recognized that God has put them in a position to be the best parents to love Easton Scott with all that they can and give them the best life that they can. But while that's going on, they're not going to stop believing that something can change. And the doctors even said... This is territory we don't even know. Right, because this, this is a problem that not very many people have had. So Very few. Everybody is different. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they have like 230 total cases in the world that they have records on, which is like, so they're like, we don't know. Right. And it's like, so I, I just want to read this one thing my daughter wrote. It's a fantastic. She wrote this, uh, you know, it's not easy to sit there and write a Facebook post that tells all the things you've been going through. And so I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read the last paragraph because I thought that was really significant. She wrote, scientifically, Easton does not have much of a chance. His best case scenario is he may possibly be able to walk and say three to five words one day. But God 
can help him. He's not afraid of impossible odds. And if Easton is healed one day, there will be no question as to where it comes from. It will not be because of therapy. It will not be because of medication or diet. It will be because of God's undeniable healing power. So in the meantime, we choose to raise a hallelujah and trust in God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is faith. Now, the the idea that it's going to be simple and everything's going to be great and they're trying to make pie in the sky, that doesn't exist at all. If you read this, and, and I think Wonder Julie can attest to it, she tells you this is ugly. Right. This, this is a not a good situation. It's going to change our lives. He's never going to be able to be unattended. It doesn't look good. And, you know, as a parent, you're heartbroken. They have two other children. They don't want to have any loss in their communication with their kids, but they're going to have to give extra attention. They were going to have a fourth child. They're not sure they're going to do that now. So you got a lot of things in play. But what you can't deny is that my I, I will take I won't take credit, but I'll stand in there as a grandparent and as a parent and say, what a fantastic position of faith that my daughter has grown into. She has made the determination that she will do the best that she can as a human being to give this child the best life she can, and she will not quit hoping. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I want to thank everybody for putting up with me as we went down this journey of we have no idea what the show is going to be like or do, but we have this uh, deep uh, and powerful influence that says this is the plan that God has. Let's just follow. Okay, so that's the best we do is the best we do. And then we leave it up before the Lord, and that's all you can do. Uh, here's your trivia question. Who declared, uh, you guys should know this, who declared, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will? Which disciple said that? Who declared, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will? Who said that? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So we got somebody's on the line. We're going to grab that in a second. Uh, other people are texting in. I will tell you this one thing, so you guys need to be in prayer. Between now, let's see, it's 2.46, Between now and 3.15, you need to say a prayer for Dave, your big brother Dave, or your young brother Dave, or your old brother Dave, or whatever. But I had a flat tire, like, driving out, so I stopped and I put air in it. It seemed to be fine. Uh, but when I get out of the studio and into the parking lot, I will let you know. <laughs> If you hear somebody from about, I don't know, 30 miles away scream, no, then it's flat. Okay? <laughs> that'll be me, and that'll just help you understand what's going on. Uh, in the meantime, somebody's on hold to answer trivia questions, so here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? That's Sarah. That's a Will Rogers. Hey, Will. How are you? 
I'm good. I hope you're better, as usual. I am doing really well. I'm hoping the tire is okay, but I'm doing great. So, I mean, that's important, even if I'm not the tire. But I appreciate you asking, and I appreciate you sending in trivia. Now, Will uses text, phone, and email, don't you? I mean, you're you're First, are all, you are first all time the... I've tried to do that. Yeah, and I saw it. I just wanted you to know somebody called in for the answer, but you did a great job. It just works out perfect. So, I do want people to know the email does work. All right. Here you go. Here it is, brother. Who declared, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will? That would have been Simon Peter who turned around and denied him three times. That is correct, sir! You are right, Simon Peter. And yet, look how redemptive the Lord is. If you think about how how much redemption goes into that. Peter was fully redeemed, had that great teaching, did, you know, was a major part of the church. Mark, who was, uh, who was Barnabas's cousin, he also walked away for a while, but then he came back and Barnabas received him, and that guy ended up writing a gospel. So it's like God is a redeemer. He brings people back. Even when they make mistakes, he brings them back and says, here you are. I got you covered. Isn't that great? Yes, sir. That's awesome. Excellent job today, by the way. So I'm giving you a hand clap for the good work you did. Get ready. Here it is. <laughs> well, you Very have a good. Day. All right, you too. God bless you. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Will Rogers was really he was doing great job today. Excellent work, Will. All right, let me go back. So we did that. We did that. Did that. I'm trying to think of anything else. Don't forget, tomorrow we're doing our R and R day. Don't you know? It's like no point in you know. There'll be. A, I, I promise you, it'll be a really good replay. And what you need to be praying for is one that I don't have a problem with my flat tire, and then two, we get some R and R. You see, I don't want to wake up tomorrow and then there's oh now we have to do this and that. I'm just hoping for tomorrow to be like a. Uh, Sabbathy day. That's what I'm what I'm looking for. All right, let me go back to this one point, and I want to make sure you understand it. And I think I I know I do a poor job of saying it, but I want to try and paint a little bit of a picture on this. Okay, when when John says in First John chapter two, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I think we think of that and think, boy, that sounds kind of cool. But it's like, I don't think you understand, and I don't certainly understand, the level of that advocacy that the Lord has for us. So uh, one person explained it as a defense attorney, okay, which I like. I mean, that's it's kind of a nice, like, you do something wrong, God's the Father's the judge, Jesus is your defense attorney. If you're going to go into a courtroom and you need a defense attorney, I'm going to go with he who knows everything. <laughs> He was, he was the, the way, the truth, and the life. That's a great defense attorney. Other people see this advocacy position as a as kind of like a superhero inserted in the picture, which is also very cool. There's there's nothing wrong with that, that you can think of Jesus as like, you know, he, he stands up for us, right? It's not that he's standing up for us against God because that's a wrong image of God the Father. He's standing up for us to God, to explain and to stand by us. And you know what the thing is that that we tend to forget? Jesus is a superb Savior and advocate. And I tend to think that we consider, and I will give 
uh, I think it's Lake Point. Uh, Deborah, Debbie, Aunt Debbie can correct me, but it's Lake Point Church in uh, Rockwell. I think it was their older pastor who said, Jesus is a better Savior than you and I are a sinner. And that is an amazing statement. That Jesus is by, see, there's this thing, there's this understanding that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Jesus lives in your heart by faith. The Holy Spirit is actually inside of you. Your spirit, which was dead, has been born again, all right? So you can understand what's going on here. So you're uh, because of sin and the sinfulness of man, and nobody had to teach you how to lie, and because of the sinful nature of man, and even Jesus saying, you being evil, so I mean, there's, a, oh, there's a man's basically good. No, he's not. He's evil. Okay, he has good moments because he's made in the image of God, but it's tarnished because of sin. So when your spirit sinned, when you sinned, your spirit was dead. That deadness of the spirit was what the spirit is that's born again by the Holy Spirit. Now it's alive to the Lord. You know, yeah, you know, you're alive to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit takes up a residency inside you. And Jesus lives in your heart by faith through the Holy Spirit <clears throat> and by faith. And so now you've got, you know, the Holy Spirit's in you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Scripture says he's interceding for us. And I, I'll tell you right now, there's a couple times I turned to the Lord and said, Jesus, I need you to pray for me. <laughs> Why? Because I really needed him to pray for me. <laughs> that's not, not the point. The point is he's there. He's on our side. There's two references to him interceding for us. And think about And he's the one that makes that representation that puts us in that light that stands before us. And he's our reliance of our rightness with God. And so when you sit there and think, well, the Lord's allowing this because I've done this or that, if the Lord wants to correct you, he doesn't correct you in that big, mysterious, gaseous bubble. He doesn't correct you and then never tell you what it's about. That's not how God corrects. When the Lord disciplines, you know what's going on. Oh, uh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Oops, sorry. <laughs> And you know it. The Holy Spirit's convicting you. You read it in Scripture. Somebody says something. You're like, ay, 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 ay. That's a conviction. When you have no idea what's going on, God's not disciplining you for mysterious reasons. The Father doesn't discipline and then say, guess what the discipline's for? It's not how a father acts. But when he allows those trials in your life to make you more like Jesus— which is why you got to stop looking at everything that happens to you that's bad is God smacking you with a two-by-four. I mean, that, it's not that he doesn't do that, but he doesn't do that on everything. And so the understanding is that Jesus is our advocate. He's the one that stands besides us. He stands in there for us. He represents us. I mean, how good is that? He intercedes for us. He loves us. He demonstrates that love for us and that he died for us. This is all a lot of good stuff about Jesus. Yeah. And you think that that diminishes now that it's five years, 10 years, 30 years later? No. The love that God has for you the demonstration of his commitment to you, the, the life that Jesus has brought you through, the directions that the Holy Spirit has sent you is proof of his eternal commitment to you. Just think of that. The, I hate to say it this way. 
the fact that he bothers with us at all is everything we need. He cares so much about you. And I know, well, he could snap his fingers and do this or snap his finger and do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But I'm not God. You're not God. Your pastor's not God. The religious teacher on the television is not God. God is God. The academics are the furthest people from God. That's not the point. Well, besides the media and Hollywood. But I'm just saying God is God, and he knows how to do his job just fine. So it all comes down to one simple question you have to answer. Do you trust the quality of God? Yes or no? Because if you trust him, you will walk in grace and mercy. There. That's it. Nothing more. Nothing more and nothing less. Walk in grace and mercy. Okay? Okay, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 94-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.